0: Hello and welcome to the One Short Podcast, the Sports Gazette's official cricket podcast. I'm your host Toby and as always I'm joined by Michael and Ayush. How are you guys?
1: I'm good, I'm good. i sure Ayush is better than me after the series
2: win this morning but
1: yeah, all good thanks.
2: Yes, definitely. I mean, this has one, been one heck of a series, you know. I mean, it would have been more, it would have been better for the neutrals I think if it was 2 all going into the fifth, but 3-1 as well. It's been a heck of a series. I mean, yeah. And today, again, it looked like anything could happen at one moment. But yeah, as an Indian cricket fan, I'm definitely happy. Yeah, I think
0: it would have been better, better for the neutrals and the English fans uh, if it was 2-1 going into the last. As mentioned, India have taken the series 3-1 up at the moment. One test still to play. The game got off to an absolute flyer. Debutant, Akash Deep got the home side, uh, got a brilliant start for the home side with three early wickets on the first morning. Um, And then first with Folks and then with Robinson, Joe Root batted masterfully to construct a key partnership to keep England in the game. He ended up on 122, not out, stranded alone. Sherbushir then tore through the India side, taking his first first first-class and test fifer uh but the ever-present thorn in england side Jaiswell scored 73 while jerell blasted 90 alongside cold deeps 28 from 131 uh to take india to 307 in the third inning zach crawley 60 was a lone stand as england crumbled from 110 for three to 145 all out uh ashman ripped through uh, Ripped through the England side, equaling Anil Kumbhay's five wicket haul record of 35, while Deep yet again chipped in with four wickets. Finally, after a few scares today, a crucial 70 run partnership between Gill and Jarell gave India victory, chasing 192 by five wickets. And yeah, what a test match it was! It was really up and down, fluctuating in the balance. But as I mentioned there, Ayush Akash put a brilliant start for his test career, taking a fantastic three for right, right at the top to to
2: really crack open England's top order. Brilliant, so good! And again, another guy, uh, you know, who has a big backstory, uh, you know, in just life, not just in cricket, getting his chance, and it's just so good to see these guys finding success right away, right? And yeah, it's it was a big, it was a big match for him to get his test debut in. Uh CD's still on the line. Anything could happen, you know England was gonna come hard. And the confidence with which he bowled was just, I mean, especially the the dismissal, I think, where I think who's it? I think it was Zach Crawley that he got uh, you know, bowled. And even the LBW of Ollie Pope, I think just it was just so it looked like it was so difficult to pick him. And he's not someone who's he's he's not he's not someone who's as quick as the Boomrahs, uh or, or Pat Cummins of the World or whoever. He's got pace, but again, he's he doesn't just look like the kind of player who's going to be difficult to read, but just came in all hard, brilliant performance. And uh, yeah, I didn't get a bowl, I think, in the second innings altogether. But how much he did in the first innings, picking up uh, three wickets, then that to three big wickets early uh, of this and of this in-form, you know, England top order, especially with the openers. And then also getting Ollie Pope, who's another guy who's been in-form for England. He's not been that consistent, but, I mean, after that 180, 190 odd that he got in the first test, which won England the game he was always going to be a danger player. And to get the top three on debut coming right away, I think that was, while we will talk about some other very important contributions, I think that was an equally important contribution.
0: Absolutely, yeah. That was, he absolutely destroyed that top order. There are obviously a a few demons in the pitch, Michael, that that maybe were helped. I mean, Ben Stokes got an absolute P-roller that bounced halfway down and, and hit him on the toe. Um, what did you make of the pitch? Because I mean, this, once Joe Root and Ben Folks got in, it seemed to be either flatten out or did, did they just play it well? What did you make of the the pitch generally? Um, I think it
1: was pretty good. I mean, it made it made for quite an exciting match, didn't it? I mean, um, we saw this morning, and we it was literally just Tom Hartley and Shao Bashir. Like it really started to go by the uh fourth innings and uh it was just spin, spin, spin. Jimmy Anderson bowled three overs in India's second innings, you know. Um and yeah yeah, we saw Shah Bashir and Ashwin both take Fifers. So yeah, it was it was, a, it was a good good match. I mean probably maybe could question the selection of Ollie Robinson when you when we saw all of the spinners get picked so much. I mean Ollie Robinson obviously had amazing innings. Uh, with that, that partnership with Joe Root, uh, 58 off 96 balls. But I think, yeah, the spinners were just so much more effective in this match. Um, yeah, Robinson went for a 4.15 economy, which isn't great really from 13 overs in that first innings. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good game. Be interested to see what the pitch is like in the next match. Obviously, series is over now, so it doesn't matter too much, I guess.
0: No, I mean, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, well, yeah, what happens in in that final final game, and yeah, the the seamers really seem to excel earlier on there, Ayush, and, and as Michael mentioned, what did you make of the selections that Siraj and Akashdeep bowled to sort of the fifteen twenty overs each in that first innings, but yeah, then then Akashdeep didn't bowl at all in in the third innings, and Siraj came on as first change and only bowled three overs with uh, Jimmy not bowling at Uh, Sorry, yeah, with Jimmy only bowling three overs as well and and Robinson not bowling at all by the end of it. Do you think that actually both teams were maybe focusing focusing a bit too much on on the seam that's been doing actually quite well over the last few games?
2: Yeah, I think so. I mean, again, as the game went on, it just looked like a pitch where even two pace bowlers was excessive, right? As you just read out the stats as well of how much these ft one bowled. At the start of the game, with Akash Deep getting you know, those top three out, you'd think that, oh, okay, Pace is going to come into this game. Is going to play a bigger role than you'd think. But again, as the cracks opened up more, it was just all about the spinners. Ashwin even bowl- opened the bowling for India in in that second innings. And uh, yeah, I think Akash Deep not getting even a single over in that second innings. And it was a Siraj bowling just three overs going for 16 runs. Uh, while Kuldeep. Um, Ashwin and Jadeja bowled, what, 50 overs between them in that second inning. So, yeah. It, that's why I think that how especially in the last game as well and the performance of the seamers up till now kind of played a role in that. With India, I can understand that they already had three really world-class spinners and even if it was a pitch that would seem like spinners are going to come into play a lot more uh, they were still okay with that because they had. I mean, when you have Ashwin, Jadeja, Kuldeep, I don't think you need anyone else. Of course, it would have been even a bigger help to have someone like Anakshar batting wise as well on such on this kind of a wicket for one of one of the seamers. But yeah, when you have these three, you're not really worried. With England, though, again, I think while they had, yeah. I think they got a bit unfortunate with Rehan Ahmed having to go back home as well because there were talks earlier that it was, he was dropped maybe or something, but it was it actually turned out to be that he had to go back home for personal reasons. And it was, I mean, very close to the game to announce a replacement who could play in this game as well. But I think England was still not too flustered by that because they still had Joe Root, who was, I mean... As we've seen this series, who's as good as a frontline spinner, and uh, so they had him along with Hartley and Bashir, and yeah, I think maybe maybe they they would have, if Rehan Ahmed was available, I think they probably would have played him for Ollie Robinson, or I don't know, one pacer uh, probably could have been just Jimmy and the three spinners, or maybe if they wanted to give Jimmy a rest as well, they could have probably rested him and just played. Robinson or whoever else, along with three spinners plus root. So I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm saying that they did have the back of Joe Root, backup of Joe Root, and that kind of wasn't too much of a problem for them. But it's a po- it's possible that they would have probably wanted to play Ahmad. Was he available? Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because
0: that makeup of the first team. I mean, I mean, they had Wood instead of Anderson, but those three spinners haven't actually played. Together since they won in that first test match, I don't think. Um, so I mean maybe it would have been a bit of an option and, and they would have had more bowling options, or well, Ben Stokes would have had more options to choose between and, and they would have batted a bit deeper as well, although Robinson did make a few runs. So yeah, perhaps it would have been a different story had England had that leg spinner. And I mean Cole Deep as well, who is another wrist spinner, bowled really well and, and was actually very successful on the pitch um but Joe Root was absolutely crucial in that first innings. you mentioned his bowling but the batting was unbelievably finally scored 100 finally scored some runs which I will say I did call I did predict it was a, a game too early unfortunately um I'm, I think my just my foresight must have must have come to me sooner than I realized um but yeah my but it's still was, better um, than
2: any of our predictions so you're doing <laughs> well there
0: Maybe, maybe. I mean, he scored a brilliant 122 not out, Michael. Didn't he? he? Was absolutely fantastic and batted perfectly with folks and then Robinson, um, and actually carried England up to a really respectable score of three five
1: three. Yeah, it was it was really interesting, wasn't it? After the last match, where everyone was kind of calling for to stop, you know, playing the reverse scoops and doing doing all this stuff, and uh, like playing so attacking, he scores a century, 122 off 274 balls. And the players that went with him also, you know, played really slowly. Folks, 47 off 126 and Ollie Robinson, 58 off 96. So it just goes to show, I think, that sometimes uh, Basball can, you know, relax a bit and we can still be successful. You know, we don't have to go fully gung-ho. We, have to, we need to manage the situation a little bit. Uh, and and, and that, that century was so crucial. When, when everyone around him was crumbling, like Ollie Pope going out for a duck and Stokes going out for three uh, and the pitch kind of playing up, Akash deep bowling really well. Uh, it was just, yeah, so important and should do this to his confidence. The world of good, but um, I mean, he couldn't replicate it in the sen- second innings, unfortunately, but he, did, he was batting well though. And yeah, he's, he's just got that quality. Like no, no one, no one ever doubted his quality. Um, I think it was, it was just more frustration in the last match about his shot choice that kind of led to a few questions being asked about him. But yeah, I mean, uh, I'd say he was—he was he was definitely mean, definitely the standout in- English batter, maybe not standout English player with uh, Bashir taking was it nine wickets or eight wickets over the over the match. Yeah, eight wickets. For that five for, of course, in the first innings. So yeah, I mean, it's just a shame. No one in that middle order could go with him. I mean, Johnny Bairstow looked promising in both innings. But then in the second innings, that re- another frustrating dismissal off that first ball, kind of chipping it um, straight into the fielder's hands. First ball of the second session, I think it was. Yeah, so frustrating because he really, he needs that form. But I mean, he did score scores in the 30s in both innings, Johnny Berstow. So, yeah, I mean... I think Zach Crawley also looked really good again. He's now uh, the highest run scorer, English, is England's highest run scorer in the series. So yeah, I'm, I, I want to say I, I predicted that. Uh, and there's, um, still,
0: there's still a game to go, Michael. There's still a game to go. We'll have to. I'm, wait, to I'm waiting
1: for I'm waiting for the big score. I, I, I really thought he was going to push on.
2: What if Joe Root gets triple hundred or something like that? You never know. <laughs> what chance is that happening?
1: It's quite <laughs> slim though. I think I think Zach Crawley could do it.
2: There is quite
0: a uh, a fight with the England players, I think, to be the top scorer. I mean, Zach Crawley's got three hundred and twenty-eight, Duckett's on three fourteen, just below, Pope's on two eighty five, and Roots now on two ten after <laughs> after scoring over half his runs in one innings. And actually I think Pope's Pope's done the same. So and Duckett almost the same. I think it's been quite interesting seeing Crawley because for so long for England, he's been almost He's just had highs and lows. He's either scored massive double hundreds and been really good and unbelievable or he's gone out for nothing. Whereas actually, he's been England's most consistent batter in the series by quite a long way. He's made three scores of 50 without going big at all. But when you look back just, what, three years ago, two, four years ago, he was in the side and he was either making a massive hundred when other people were making hundreds or he was getting out for nothing and, and nicking off or getting getting smacked on the pad in front. It's interesting, Ayesha, isn't it, seeing
2: the progression of him under McCollum and Stokes? Absolutely. And I think he said it a few months as well. I think it was during the Ashes when he scored that 100. was that uh, he spoke, I think, uh, specifically about the role of McCollum and Stokes in his confidence more than anything, where they just, you know, they told him that you are our guy. You don't have to worry about your place in the team or just, you know, just, you, you know, whether if you're getting a low score today, you don't have to live with the uncertainty of whether you're even playing tomorrow. And in that way, this McCallum stokes era, their leadership has really helped someone like him be more confident. now that he doesn't have the constant fear or anxiety in his head about his place in the team. This allows him to play freely. And I think more than just him being one of the flag bearers of the basketball style of cricket, where he comes up top, smashes everything, plays at almost 100 or even more of strike rate, at least more than 90 consistently. His second innings was a very good example of his maturity. It was a 91 ball 60 strike rate of 65 point something. Pretty quick. That's still pretty quick for test cricket, but it wasn't the typical Zach Crowley. He played the situation. Learned from what Joe Root and Ben Fokes did in that first, first innings, um, and understood that this was the play way to play in on this pitch. And someone as explosive as him as well took his time and played, you know, scored a 91 ball, 60. In, you know, it was just it was just good to see that he showed that maturity in the second innings. And if England had eventually gone on to win this test match and maybe a bit more support from some of the other batters in the second innings, that 60 would have actually been a very defining innings. So yeah, it's along with his resurgence under baseball and Stokes and McCullum, his I think he's a bit he's a more mature player overall as well. Absolutely. I mean I'll be the first one to to say when Crawley first
0: came into the side and for the first What five years he was in the England side. I didn't think he had it. I think he needed I thought always thought he needed to go back and and learn his trade, actually scoring runs um in first class cricket, which he's still never really done. But he's now proven himself and he is a fantastic test batter now. I mean, before his hundred in uh, in the ashes over the summer, one of my favourite stats was he'd scored three hundreds for England and and every single one, someone else had made a hundred at the same time. Um and yeah, he made a brilliant hundred. Johnny Besser did score ninety-nine, so there's I just have to reduce the numbers now, the the threshold to include in that statistic. But um, I think it does just show that he has become so much more consistent over the period and he has been absolutely brilliant for England and probably been one of, if not the best player under basketball. And I mean, we'll have to wait and see over the next few years how he keeps progressing. But... I called it two years ago when Stokes took over captaincy. I said Zach Crawley will be the captain in two and a half years. I think it's a two two years time, three years time. So it's coming around the time. If Ben Stokes maybe takes retirement, it could be could be an option. Uh, but another player who's been brilliant on the ball in far fewer games so far has been Sherbyshire. Took an eight for today. Michael was oh, not today. This Test match was absolutely brilliant. Do you think that that he's maybe vying, he's pushing for, for to become England's frontline spinner now? Um, you know, Jack Leach has been injured, hasn't really taken part in the series. Tom Hartley has been really, really good and is the leading wicket taker in the series. But, you know, maybe he doesn't offer quite as much with the ball, more with the bat. How how do you see England's spin option and how good has Sherbyshire been?
1: Yeah, so impressive. I mean, coming in, taking a Fifer uh, in the circumstances in such a crucial match, yeah. Really, really good from Shabboshier. In terms of whether he'll be our frontline spinner, I mean, there's just, I think there's not a lot of competition, which helps him out a lot. Like, look at who our three frontline spinners have been this test. They have an average age of like 22, probably. So, yeah, I mean, it's all about, I think Jack Leach is still number one when he comes back from injury. I think he's proven so much more. Uh, and Shabashir is so young. Um, and, and, yeah, he 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 does. He has bowled really well, though. Um, I think the conditions suited him in this Test match. Um, when he came in, there was a lot of lot of movement. Um, but yeah, he got he got some crucial wickets in the top of India's order in that uh, first innings. Yeah, got Jaiswal, Shubman Gill, Patidar, Jadeja, So four of the sorry. F- uh, yeah, four of the top five India batsmen he got them out and that yeah that's massive whereas Hartley Moore kind of got the started to get the tail a little bit more um, but I, I, I do really like Tom Hartley because of what he gives you with the bat I think he looks like a really good batsman Bashir really <laughs> doesn't look like a good batter I'm not going to lie the, the wild swipe um, for his wicket in the first innings was was a tough watch to be honest um uh but and when you got jimmy anderson as well in the team that tail just looks a bit rough um well, yeah without that ollie robinson innings we would have been in a lot of trouble so yeah i i do like i, I like what hartley and um uh god what's the other spinner called it's totally gone in my head oh well, man Ray sorry yeah, yeah. Tom Hartley and Rayan Ahmed, uh, I like what they give you with the bat. I think Ryan Ahmed is like a quality batter. Uh, He he hasn't had like a good innings like Tom Hartley has in this test, but I think you can just tell from the way he bats, he he does look class. Um, And yeah, Bashir definitely doesn't give you that, but he's definitely not on the level of Ashwin and Jadeja and and all them, but he's he's so young, definitely got potential and uh, such an amazing selection from... Uh, whoever's selecting England's team Ben Stokes, I and mean, Ben Stokes said he he picked him from um watching the video on Twitter of him bowling at alistair cook i mean that that's a crazy story like if that if that is actually true, Stokes has a very good eye for bowling talent because that is seriously impressive.
0: I can confirm it is true because I know the guy, Bradley Adams, who was the one who who clipped it all together. he works for the e c b doing social social stuff and um and yeah he's he's an offer himself in in sort of lower level cricket than than Bashir I'd say but um but yeah he he I mean it's absolutely a un- remarkable story that that was actually the case and look where he is now and and yeah he's vying for for that frontline spot and depending on how Leach recovers and when he's back because I think they've announced he's he's having surgery now um on his knee I think it is so that could be it means he could be out for a long time and and if he's not ready for the start of the summer then. Partly versus Bashir, versus Ahmed, I guess. There's three young spinners there who, who over the next decade, next 15 years, could be in England's plans. And and actually, next time England come down to the to the subcontinent, they'll be so much more prepared, so much better prepared, just by having this experience right now.
1: I mean, Will Jacks took a fifer on his test debut, remember? So you can't rule him out, and he's an amazing batsman as well. So I think he's definitely in the conversation, like. Bashir, yes, he's played really well in this test, but that's that's all he's done, you know. I'm I'm not gonna get ahead of myself. But Will Jacks took a 5-4 on his debut and he hasn't played a test match since, I don't think, for England. So
0: he's yeah, one, I, one test match since.
1: Yeah, so I, I'm not, I I wouldn't I wouldn't get too ahead of ourselves on the Shab Bashir frontline spinner thing, but it could happen. He does look really good.
0: What do you make of all Aish? Do you think that Bashir has has an opportunity?
2: Yeah, I definitely think that. Uh, it was so good to watch him bowl in this. And again, the story, right? I mean, we all know that you know his his story of being picked out of nowhere, put into international cricket, that to test cricket, and he rose up to the challenge. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I agree with Michael there. I, mean, I really can't call who is going to be. Frontline spinner going forward right away. I think Jack Leach kind of deserves that more based on seniority and experience and some of his past performances as well, whenever he comes back. But since you said if he's going for surgery, it's going to take some time. Until then, Hartley Bashir have a really good chance to kind of really stand their authority. And I think both are up for both are in contention. What I've seen in this particular test match. Bashir was just so much more lethal. You know, Every I mean, it was just so much fun to watch Shoy Bashir bowl in this because especially the second innings, every time Bashir came on the bowl, there was something happening. Every ball was an event, especially in the first innings as well with his Pfeiffer. And Hartley was just struggling in the second innings on a wicked he I think he could have done better than he did. Still fair play to him. He's still young. It's just, what, four test matches into his career or something, Yeah. Uh, he's still pretty young and <clears throat> Bashir as well. But yeah, this if this test match was anything to go by, Bashir, I think, is the guy who, in my opinion, has the biggest growth potential because he's just going to get better and he's not going to play on these kind of pitches. I mean, probably just once in four years or whenever they go to maybe Sri Lanka or somewhere. So He's hardly going to get these occasions. He's going to have to learn how to kind of grind it out on wickets back home. Or here, I should say, in, in England as well. And uh, yeah, he's he will get better, I think. But when it comes to Hartley, his batting is a big advantage for him. Because Bashir is not nowhere close to the kind of batting quality that Hartley has. So, I don't know. I mean, and Hartley, the way he bowled in that first game as well shows that even he can really be lethal and cause damage with the ball. So I think it's tough to call for me right now, which of them gets the preference. But purely on a bowling, from a bowling aspect, I really like what I see from Shoaib Bashir even just in the, the two games he's played, he's
0: improved so much, I think. I mean, a man who's played a lot more than two games, though, is is R. Ashwin. Uh, she's been fantastic. He's equaled Alokamblai's five wicket hall records of 35 for India. Um, and he bowled fantastically, again, just tearing through the England lineup in that third innings.
2: Yeah, and he's closing in on another big milestone. I think Dharamshala, if he plays, will be his 100th Test match. And got to the milestone of 500 as well and yeah he's i don't know so much has already been said about him uh positive and negative a lot of people have given him a lot of flack uh some people just called him said that he's just a youtuber now and things like that but again it's ravi chandra and the fact that india chased 192 and not more than 192 in that fourth innings was Ashwin, the way he bowled in that second innings. Kuldeep again, fantastic. Not taking anything away from him. I think Michael Vaughan gave him the biggest compliment when he said he bowled like a left-handed Shane Vaughan. I think Michael Vaughan tweeted that and it doesn't get bigger than that when it comes to compliments for a spinner. But Ashwin, yeah, so good again. He was ready. It's like in the first innings, you saw again, you know, the England spinners, again, had out the Indian spinners. They were better collectively based on just the first innings of both the teams. And the second innings comes in, Ravichan Ashwin takes the first ball and he's ready. You can just see it. The way he comes in, of course, the pitch was helping him as well, but you could see that Ashwin was ready to make an impact. And that's his, That's what he's been to this Indian team over the years. The first guy will put his hand up whenever there's a challenge, whenever you need someone to stand up. He says, right, I'm ready. Um, I'll i go. I'll win you the match. And 35, 35 right? Five wicket hauls now, yeah. And uh, I think just, I think Murli Daran's record is 38 or 39 or something like that. So he's closing in on that as well if he plays for a little bit more time. But again, with Ashwin, every time you think he's not in form or he's not his his best self, And at this age, of course, you can expect that from anyone. At the age of 37, he'll be 38 later this year. But Ashwin is still going to come up with those performances that are going to win you matches. Until he plays, he's going to come up with these performances. And he's one of the first people who will step down as soon as he thinks that he can't match that level anymore. The moment he feels that, he'll respectfully step down. And yeah, he's a great leader and a legend in every way.
0: M- Murley's record is actually sixty-seven. I think not. Is that sixty-seven? Oh, then <laughs> I must
2: have read something else. Uh, maybe maybe ten wickets in the match or something like that. I think. Yeah, no, I think I think Warren um, Warren Hadley and
0: Cumbay and Ashwin are all in about the thirties, and then you have to jump to like sixty-seven or something crazy like that for, for Murley.
2: Even though, of course, again, a subcontinent spinner gets those pitches as well, but sixty-seven is just. It's quite insane.
1: I did not know that Ashwin had a YouTube channel.
2: He does. He's, a, ooh, he's Ashwin's a big YouTuber back home. I mean, he speaks a lot of, about dressing room secrets as well sometimes or behind-the-scenes stuff, talks about some important topics as well. And we all know how he's a really good orator, good presenter. He is
0: so, like, I mean, it, it makes sense in the way he bowls as well, but he is a supremely clever bowler, supremely clever cricketer just generally as well. And I mean, when you look at the wickets, he took obviously the five, he got Jimmy was one of them, but he got Duckett, Pope and Root at the, at the beginning, which was absolutely crucial. Cause I mean, if, if one of them had stayed along with Zach Crawley, then that would have made it so much an easier um, setup up for, for England. And, and then eventually when the, when the middle order and lower order in, Jadeja and yeah, I've got a couple more. And and he got folks again, who was putting up a proper fight with 17 from 76. And he just bowled fantastically well. Michael, what did you make though of, of England's attempt uh, at batting in that innings? I mean, other than Zach Crawley, um, Johnny Bairstow made it to 30. No one else passed 17.
1: Yeah. Uh, it, it was looking good when Zach Crawley was in, he, he was looking really, playing really well. Um, and yeah, I think it was when him and Johnny Bairstow kind of had a partnership going. It was quite positive. And then Crawley gets out. Yeah, Koldeep gets Crawley. And then it's all on Johnny Bairstow, basically, to kind of um, kind of get that lead over India.
0: So what you're saying is it's all Johnny Bairstow's fault that England have lost the Test Series? Yeah, yeah pretty, much,
1: pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I don't want to. He had the second best innings of any of any English batter. Uh, I don't want to go too hard. I love Johnny Bersto, you know, um, and, I, and I know you don't, Toby, but that's all right. It's all right. Um, but yeah, I, I I think the collapse was the worst thing, wasn't it? I think, um, yeah. Well, I, I'm I'm trying to remember because I was watching it. i was trying to remember. Kind of how it happened, I think. Um, yeah, like we we had a solid lead, and it was kind of like if we get to a two hundred lead, it, it's, it'll it'll it's positive, you know, and would probably be the favourites. Uh, India might not be able to uh, chase that because the pitch looked terrible. All our batters were going out for nothing, but one hundred ninety two lead in the end just wasn't enough and it was quite a comfortable chase for India in the end Um, but in terms of yeah that England collapse I think I am going to kind of blame Johnny Burstow actually
0: there are a few interesting Hawkeye calls supposedly I I don't think it was Mm. there's a lot of tweeting about it and I I think whoever's tweeting about it is, is very likely incorrect I think from from what I understand the The screen that we all see on TV is just a projection. It's like, that's not what Hawkeye actually uses. They have a much more, uh, probably a much less, um, you know, interesting graphic. If they might not even have a graphic at all for it, but I think they probably create that um, so that the viewers at home sort of understand what's going on. Um, and I think that probably didn't help. But yeah, the Stokes got bowled by Yadav. I think, did he just, his concentration, it just got got, too, got in on him again, trying to cut it or something like that?
2: Yeah, Maybe, I can't remember, yeah. I think I think it was I'm not sure how the second innings was but yeah, the the, the ball that kept really low was in the first innings
1: But yeah, he, Ben Stokes struggled didn't he? I mean, three off six in the first innings and then um, four off 13 in the second, Ollie Pope as well, two ducks which is, which is really tough um, and they're two they're, that's your captain and your vice-captain not really leading by example there with the bat both of them and ben stokes has kind of struggled all series to be honest um I'm, I'm trying to i think i think he got he got a couple of half centuries didn't he um but other than that he he hasn't had that big ben stokes innings you know that, that he normally does um kind of hanging on at the end of the tail just smashing sixes which we've, come, we've we've been lucky to become so used to seeing from him but he has he has struggled with the bat this series, and I think that yeah the, these are the kind of games you need your captain to step up, and four or thirteen balls just isn't isn't good enough. And if anyone went with Johnny Bersto, I think they could have got a partnership going, and we might have seen a different outcome to this Test match, to be honest.
0: The one thing you you really can't complain about is is Jirel, man of the match performance. He was unbelievable. He scored a brilliant ninety in that first innings. Just sort of exploded towards the end alongside Cold Deep, and then yeah, crucial uh, seventy-run partnership with with Shubman Gill um, to to carry India over the line. How impressed have you been that on debut he's been so important to, to this India team and
2: to, to victory for them? Yeah, I'm going to reiterate one thing that I've read a lot about Drew Churel today is that India have found a gem, and they better preserve him because he is. Absolutely fantastic. It's it's his keeping as well. A couple of really good catches in the previous game. This game as well. Uh, such good catches from him behind the stumps. Good awareness from him. Uh, keeping so well to the spinners on a track which was even tougher to bat on than the previous game towards the end or whatever. Uh, and then his batting, the 90 in the first innings, was the only reason that India were in that match uh, when England came out to to bat in the second innings. Or then England would have comfortably had a lead of over 100 or whatever. And on this pitch, that would have actually been the end of it. And then today as well, in the morning, when India, a couple of wickets, 2-2, and Bashir was on a hat-trick, I think it was 120 for 5. And 72 runs was still tricky to get from there. And he comes in and... There's no no sign of him going in a shell or a couple of close inside edges or drop catches or plays and misses or whatever. He just comes in, knows exactly what he has to do. Just second test match in on this kind of a wicket when Bashir, Hartley were bowling really well. The most important thing today, he rotates strike. Does not get bogged down at one end. Let Shubman Gill play more of a role as well. Just takes those singles, takes those twos, keeps the runs sticking. And, of course, like it was... In, they were already favourites at that stage. I mean, they just had a little bit more of an edge. But as the runs kept coming down, it plays a psychological factor as well, right? The England bowlers and Ben Stokes just getting a little bit more antsy. And that happens to everyone. So he, he realised the importance of that, the way he had to bat on this wicket. And More than anything, I mean, he's skillful. There are a lot of players who are skillful. But it's the body language that he's projecting. And I think that that has been one difference between Partidar and him in the series as well. Partidar, again, very skillful. Probably more skillful as a batter than maybe Jurel is, probably. But Jurel's body language made the difference in the end, both innings. He was just so determined. He was just so zoned in when he came into bat. And when he came into bat, the way he's, you know, even his stride forward in defense or some of the strokes that he played just told the opposition that I'm here to stay. I'm not going to... I'm not in, under pressure as, as much as you're thinking. Whereas with Partida, you saw that, again, I mean, the number of matches he's played, you've been seeing that pressure really get to him. So... Keeping, batting, attitude-wise, I think, so, so impressive from Jurel. And uh, I would love to see him retain his place even when Rishabh Pant is back in this team. Because that guy, I mean, keep his wicket-keeping aside, I think just as a batter, he's got a lot of potential in this team.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's, it was such a good selection by India, wasn't it? Because Bharat, um, he, he, he kept really well. Uh, KS Barat in the previous test, but Jarrell was brought in because he's, he's a much better bat- batter, right? Um, and when when, when you got Jadeja coming in at five, India's batting order was struggling there. I mean, Safros Khan's looked like amazing since he's come in, but he's so untested. Then you got Patidar who's really struggled, um. And yeah, I mean, hats off to the Indian selectors because bringing Jurell in just gave them that extra bit of batting quality and probably won won this Test match for India. Those runs were crucial. I mean, he's going at a eighty seven and a half average in this Test match, uh, and Chaos Barats is twenty three. So
2: something he said uh, yesterday after the ninety as well, Group Jurel, It just it just struck me, and it just says a lot about him, right? When he was asked in the press conference, after getting out on 90, that this was your chance, just your second test match, uh, to get a maiden test 100, that was at home, in the town of probably India's most accomplished wicketkeeper batter, MS Dhoni. And uh, he said, you know what, I'm not disappointed. It doesn't matter to me because if it wasn't a 100, it was still a very important defining innings in this test match. And he said, the only dream I've ever had is lifting the trophy with my team, playing test cricket and lifting a series trophy. He's like, so I don't really care whether I didn't score those extra 10 runs. And yeah, that's that's a big thing to say for a young guy, because anyone would be absolutely, I mean, they would be really sad or dejected that I'm not, oh, I, just a few more runs I could have gotten my maiden in test 100 after working so hard. But that again shows his attitude.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, it was he was unbelievable on the yeah, second second game for India and I'm sure he'll continue playing for them. It now make, begs a really interesting question about how India might set up um over the next coming well, first of all, the next game and, and then over the next coming few years, nine of the eleven players had proper contributions. It was just Safraz and Patadar who who really missed out um throughout the game. And and they're just generally the team is so so well rounded throughout I mean, not to mention Virat Kohli, Hall, Rishabh Pant, Jasper Bumra, Mohamed Shami, Aksar Patel, almost a, a team of test match legends on their own are missing from from this game. Ayush, how do you see that they might progress and, and adapt and actually fit everyone in over the next couple of years?
2: Yeah, it's going to be really tough, right? I think this, this series, while we missed so many of these guys that you spoke about, it's given Indian cricket so much. Uh, Yashasvi Jaiswal is now an absolute certainty going forward. There's no way you can even <clears throat> think of changing the batting order around to fit someone else at the top or whatever. He's he's in there. He's staying. Sarfaraz as well, you want to play him now. Jurel, you want to play? I, I really don't know. I mean, that's the one question I have absolutely no idea about how they're going to fit all of these guys in. Kohli uh, will come back whenever they play test cricket next with, now we all know why he was out and uh, everything is positive on that front. So whenever we play test matches again, he will come back. So Kohli will come back in. is of course, definitely going to be a starter, but Shami will come back in as well. What do you do then with Siraj or someone else? So on that front as well, with spinners as well, if Ashwin calls it quits sooner or later, you have Akshar, you have... I mean, Washington Sundar is one guy who can, who, who, I mean, probably in any other country or many other cricketing nations would have played a lot more matches than he's already played in test cricket. But because you have Ashwin Jadeja Kuldeep Akshar, he's not that, he's hardly played any test matches. And he was so good on that historic uh, 2021 test series win in Australia as well. So, yeah, I mean, you just got so many guys. The problem is going to be how you fit them in. And what that also brings with it is going to be more criticism when you don't do well, especially overseas. Because every time you pick one guy over the other, questions will be raised. And if that guy doesn't perform and you lose overseas, especially questions will be raised saying that you had this other guy probably better who you didn't pick so along with that along with those good headache it brings a bad headache as well so we'll see how they do it maybe play horses horses for courses or whatever we'll see i don't know how they're gonna do it and then how do you think
0: they'll set up for for the next game in Darussala?
2: yeah i think good good opportunity to have a couple of a few changes in there series is done Like I said, Washington Sundar, he's in the squad. Maybe give him the opportunity. I don't don't see too many changes. Probably Bumrah comes back again. Now, I don't know if Bumrah does come back or no for the fifth one. Maybe they just want to give Akash Deep one more game with Siraj. uh, Or try Mukesh Kumar again. See if he does well on a wicket. That could probably help him more in Dharamshala. And so he can just get his confidence back, which probably would have lost over the last two test matches so yeah maybe that's the, the there's an opportunity to do that so i'm not sure on the bumrah front with the ipl and the t20 world cup coming in coming up and you want him to play throughout those two tournaments um maybe another opportunity to give him rest and give these youngsters more of a go but i'd like to see washington Sundarin. uh i think ashwin should play the next one. It's his 100th test. So he gets the 100th out of the way and then he can think of what's his future as well because he's 37 now. So yeah, I mean, we'd love to see him play for as long as he wants to. But if he wants to think about that, he is more of a liberty to think about that after getting the 100th test out of the way because he's hit the 500 milestone and everything. So there's nothing really, really on a, on the stats or numbers Front to achieve, so could be a good option there. Maybe get Akshar a few more, bit more match time as well. Chahed has had recent injury issues, so maybe rest him as well. And Akshar is equally capable. We know that. On the batting front, I don't know. They don't have too many options. The reason that few of these players are playing is because so many of the batters are out. Uh, if Rahul comes in, I think he will play because uh, he's been short on match time as well, right? So it's always a good idea to give. KL Rahul a bit more of game time and his quality. Uh, Padikal is the only other proper batter who's not played, who's in this squad. Um, But I don't think he gets a chance. Maybe Partidar gets one more opportunity. It's that final, final chance for him to showcase what he's got. So not too many changes, but I'm definitely expecting at least a couple of changes.
0: Yeah, I I think it'll be interesting to see whether, yeah, if I think is fit, he'll probably come straight in for Patadar. Otherwise, as you mentioned, I think Patadar probably continues on. On uh, England's front, Michael, Dan Lawrence and Gus Atkinson are the two players on the tour who haven't had a chance yet. Do you see either of them coming in, particularly with there only being two frontline spinners in the England squad due to injuries and and Rian going home as well?
1: Yeah, for that reason, I think we might see Dan Lawrence. Um could see Johnny Burstow drop out. I think that's the that's the obvious replacement because Dan Lawrence is a good middle order batter, I think. Um but yeah, other than that, can't see too many changes being made because we just don't have any players left. I mean, Jimmy Anderson <laughs> Jimmy Anderson didn't bowl that much really in this test. I think he bowled about 21 overs in this test match. Um, so he should be fine, really. For only three overs in that second innings. Um I think they'll keep the spin as the same. Bashir and Hartley, yeah, play again. Um, and yeah, Mark Wood will come back in. Yeah, the I think the question is Gus Atkinson. I mean, what, what do you, you're probably better placed to answer this one. What do you think about Gus Atkinson? Because I think Jimmy and Mark Wood will play probably.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the next test match isn't for 10 days. So it kind of gives a lot of players a lot of rest if they need it. And yeah, as as so many overs were bowled by spin, not that many people are probably going to be too tired or or unavailable for the next one, unless there are injuries or or a few niggles maybe in and around. But I'd love to see Gus Atkinson, even if it's just for the it's for one test at the end of the series. I think he he is such an exciting prospect. He's only played sixteen first class matches, so he's barely played at all. Same as as pretty much the rest of the England bowling lineup, other than Jimmy. Um, And yeah, I think I'd like Tim. I think he'd have to come in almost as a third seamer um, where you play Mark Woodall almost certainly return one of Jimmy or Robinson, probably, as I don't think you necessarily need both. And then if they think it really is a seamer friendly pitch, it'd be perfect time for Gus Atkinson to debut um, in, in what could be and what has been in the past, a very good seamer pitch. So that'd be quite a nice, nice go for him after what I'm sure has been quite a long sort of month, month and a half of the tour so far. Um, so I'd like to see him come in. I think I wouldn't be that surprised if if they don't and they just stick with um, two spinners, two seamers as they've as they've done for a couple of the games so far. Um, but yeah, again, it's also it's not on Basball like to to throw in a young guy who's who's not played that much and to try and get him to learn and find his trade within test match cricket so i think it could be really exciting and and i'll be looking forward to to what might happen over over the next sort of 10-15 days when when the test match finally kicks off but yeah that is all we have time for on the one short podcast today we'll be back in hopefully a few days for maybe a wpl special and after that another preview maybe of the test match the final test match of england versus india thank you guys for for joining me and we'll be back in a few days soon